Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator. Stick around. You might like what's next. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. A fond, formal hello and welcome to The Worst in the Industry, the show where we three leftist schmucks take an investigative eye to the dealings of the business giants that stamp, cast, injection mold, and harvest the world that we live in, helping bring back into the light the seedy interior of so-called legitimate business. My name is Justin St. Peter, and I am sexually aroused by those paintings of banks on fire. To my metaphorical right, I am joined by... Colin Stanley, and sometimes I think about a world that could exist if we all drank a six-pack of Coors Light every day. He is joined by... I'm Tyler Zolinski, your local tributary stan. I stan all tributaries, all brooks, all creeks, all of them. What about streams? 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 (sighs) I'll tell you... This is we are we are literally going to be on a stream. This is a an audio stream, so I hope you have something favorable to say, or we're going to get notes from our producers. As far about as that. a stream of water, um, I'm not a big fan, just because they don't babble enough. A nice brook or a tributary babbles. Streams, you know, uh, they just okay. they don't make pleasant enough noises. Think, you know, hey, think, thing I love most about a brook. Thing I love most about a brook. They end up being strippers. Hey, oh, <laughs> right. Uh, actual All sex right. workers are valid, and sex work is valid. They should unionize. Anyway. Pay for porn. Pay for porn. Together, the three of us sift through the mountain of garbage shoveled out by the media to bring you the choicest cuts of righteous fury that you can find. Today, we are exploring the gigantic conglomerate known as Nestle, a company so big that when you start your boycott, and boy, will you want to start your boycott, you're going to find it a little difficult to find some replacements for these pervasive products. Now, there is no simple way to list every single brand in every single country that Nestle Global owns and operates, but we do have a couple of numbers. 2,000 brands between 150 companies worldwide. Of course, these are the obvious ones, you know, household names in America like Nestle Toll House Cookies, Nesquik, and even Wonka Candy, and therefore the golden ticket, as you will find out. Uh, but there's also DiGiorno, Tombstone, Jax. Uh, turns out Nestle has a very commanding share. I'm so pissed about that. Literally I'm ruined so my mad. fucking life. <laughs> fucking ruined my life. Stouffer's, Hot Pockets. I could go on for honestly way too long, and I might just emphasize the point. I won't, but I considered it. The real point being, worldwide, and especially in the United States, you cannot spit without hitting a Nestle product or the waste left behind by one. This isn't even including the companies that they have partnerships with or part ownership of. 
Every time you buy L'Oreal, guess who gets a slice? Now, what happened here? How exactly does a chocolate corporation get the kind of nearly impossible to avoid influence that Nestle has? And to help give us some context for the waste, greed, and straight-up human rights violations of the Nestle Corporation is my friend and co-host, Tyler Zielinski. Hey, how you doing? My name's Tyler Zielinski. Tyler, tell them about that chocolate company and where'd they start? They always been selling chocolate? Uh, no, they actually haven't been selling chocolate for forever. Uh, <laughs> they've been doing big moves in the infant formula sector for a long time. I'm just gonna ah, making that fake, uh, titty, fake milk. titty milk. Anyway, I loved. I fucking whatever happened in my America. You know, in my America, we liked titties, and we were on board with titties. Big naturals. Titties. This was a big old naturals, small naturals, medium sized naturals, flat chested naturals. I like them all. I like all the fake ones too. They're just as nice. But people. People, this was the first sign to me. This was the first sign that Nestle was an evil, disgusting, subjugating to yep. Moloch. I'm going to go ahead and just blame uh, Nestle for all of the influx of stepbrother, uh, stepmom porn. Stepbrother. Stepbrother. I'm stuck in the dryer. I'm stuck in the dryer. <laughs> I don't know where the water. I forgot how to make hey guys, pasta. I, I'm like all of you. Every time I see a stepmom jerk a stepson off just to wake him up for school in the morning, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted by it. I hate it. I hate it so much that it makes my penis cry. It makes my penis cry. Sweet, sweet, sweet white tears. Righteous white tears. So, Tyler, how about that baby for so, That's what I called it. I called it my own personal column. God, stop, no, stop, even stop, stop right it. now. Stop. Don't even fucking say it. Don't you fucking say it. <laughs> God Ugh. damn it. I should have. Get the jokes in. Get the jokes in get, now. Get while the I can. yucks out before we It's going to get real dark and it's going to get real fucking yeah. dire get, later. It's going to be hard to get the jokes get the yucks out now while we still can. Get them out. You got to get all the jokes out. I know that I know that's like for a, a comedy podcast, for an infotainment podcast, saying we got to get the jokes out now doesn't bode well because we're like, oh, what's going to happen the rest of the episode? Well, you're going to be really mad, and I'm going to be really mad, and I'm going to start drinking very heavily. So let's go back to 1813 in Germany. That was when Henri Nestle was born, August 10th to be exact. Uh, Nestle actually means a small bird's nest, which can be found in their logo. It's a bird's nest. Isn't that fun? Um, it's oh, it's so tiny and innocent. Yeah, and sweet. I fucking hate birds. Birds aren't real. It's they are real and they're an, they're an enemy of the state. And amongst what, uh, <laughs> what fucking hot dog vendors? What? what? And the capitalist elite were putting up against You're a wall. Taking a hard stance against hot dog vendors. They don't include a drink in a. There's no combo. I can't buy a. I gotta buy a hot dog and a drink separately. You, you want to be like hot, the hot dog's a dollar, the drink's a, a dollar. 
Also, I just want to say this. The hyperinflation of the hot dog industry is something that people don't talk about enough. You should never pay more than a single dollar, single American dollar, for a hot dog, for a slice of pizza, or for a small yeah, cheeseburger. Those three things should always be a dollar. Let's Costco for keeping the dollar, uh, was it dollar $1.29? Dollar $1.25 He literally said, I don't care how you do it. If you, if you raise the price of the hot dog, I'll fucking kill you. What a man. What a man. That's Praxis right there. That's pra- <laughs> That's pra- keeping hot dogs a dollar. That's Praxis. Just like podcasting. It's so Praxis. Henri Nestle was the 11th of 14 children. Is that 14 surviving? 14, or 14 surviving. Because uh, they didn't really okay. keep records of that in the uh, early 19th century. I don't like the phrasing. Yeah, they just threw them in the compost heap. Oh, God. I, I don't like the... I don't like the phrasing of you saying attempted, attempted children. children. It was an attempted child. An attempted child. What? Oh, no. Just an attempted child. Just say you had sex. You Germanic freak. You fucking proto-Nazi. No, 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 no. I didn't mean att- garbage. Just say no, no, I, that's child. not an attempted child. An attempted child is when one comes out and then it doesn't. So does it go back in? No, what do you mean? Like it doesn't join the Glee Club? I don't know why it doesn't come out. I don't know what you're trying to say. (laughs) It doesn't come out. All right, never mind. That was a bad joke about stillbirths. Yeah, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm. I can't talk about coming, which is a natural no no, process. You You have to talk about the personal horrific tragedy of a mother losing her baby, and that's funny. That's a joke to you, but I can't talk about filling up a jar with my own personal virile fluids. Colin, stop talking about your fluids. Anyway, between eight. Speaking of fluids. Speaking of fluids. Speaking of fluids. (laughs) Speaking of fluids, you feed the children. Oh. Just big old, big old gravy boat full of formula. Oh, come, 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 come out. I'll give you that, that hot, sweet gumbo coming right out of this big old gravy boat. Oh, God. Isolate that audio. Isolate that audio. Isolate that audio. Enhance. Enhance. So, uh. Send that to the FBI. Somewhere between 1834 and 1839, he immigrated to Switzerland to work as a pharmacist. And uh, in 1839, he was authorized to sell medicines and make prescriptions. And isn't that great how back in the day, you didn't really have to do a whole lot to just be like, ah, what's wrong with you? I think it's demons. Here's some cocaine and here's some heroin. Oh, yeah. And uh, that might fix it. And if not, come back. I'll be doing the same thing. Just drinking heavily. Listen, they made H.H. Holmes a pharmacist after there were regulations in place, so I can only imagine how easy it was for fucking Henri Nestle. Yeah. I think he got grandfathered in. I think they were like, well, you like bones, Mr. Holmes. <laughs> he did <laughs> like bones. Budget. He did like bones. I do like I do like the idea that just being in, in the room with a human skeleton could just make you shoot harder than you've ever shot before. You ever had a human skeleton in the room? Honestly, I mean, every time I've come, there's been a human skeleton in the room. Tyler, what kind of question At is least that? One. Colin, you can't talk about your twink fetish like that. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Because they're thin. Because they're thin. It's not a fetish, first of all. That's like saying you have a fetish for women who are two and a half feet taller than you, Tyler. It's Jess just is preference. two inches taller than me. Yeah, but it looks a lot larger. It looks like a bigger margin. Oh, well, that's because Jess is always Honestly, wearing Honestly, when you guys, 
when you guys stand next to each other, she looks like a fucking Amazonian warrior princess, and you're the small, uh, <laughs> you're the small Athenian page boy that she claimed in a night raid and dragged back to her secret fertile grotto to sexually destroy you over the course of many Death years. Death by snoo snoo. <laughs> it is actually you do are you are the epitome of death by snooze too <laughs> so uh in 1834 he got into the canola oil business and he made fuel for lamps he made some liqueurs some rum absinthe and vinegar he got into the what oil business what, no he didn't even mention the name of the oil no he did say oil but wait, that's not the word that you put down in your notes yeah, he, tyler. Didn't, he didn't specify tyler we talked about this we talked about this in your notes what, many what times, kind of oil tyler. did he make it's rapeseed oil. <laughs> it's rapeseed oil. Rapeseed oil. What the hell is with wrong? With a hard R. With a hard R, that rapeseed oil. What the hell is wrong with Central Europe? At everything. Everything, Justin. We're going to be talking about Central Europe a lot because it's horrible. It's almost like it's the birthplace of fascism. <laughs> so they don't really know when or why he started his baby formula project, but somehow by 1867, he made a product that suited the needs of many consumers. And uh, I'm going to quote him in uh, 1868 here. Uh, he made a quote that said, my infant cereal has a tremendous future because there is no food to compare it with. End quote. And what's interesting about that uh, is that ask any doctor that is not being actively paid by Nestle. It's nowhere near as good for the baby as breast milk. No, objectively not. I mean, obviously, my love of a mommy girlfriend aside. I feel like we have to cut him a little bit of slack because this is back when, yeah, like you were saying earlier, doctors were like, hmm, you got a fever. Probably just too much blood. Let's get some of that out well, of there. Also, the infant mortality rate about this time was pretty astronomical. Yeah, because they just leave babies like out of the fucking rocks in the German foothills. They're just like, hey, if, if the yeah, but this if the baby is the baby is strong, he will climb his way back to his uh, hut, and then we shall put him in a crib that is directly on top of a fire. And actually, the crib is a series of metal grates for for us to feed the children with his charred remains. But if he fights back enough, we will let him out. So. It did help with the infant mortality rate, which is uh, it's a net positive, I'd say, um, in the 1860s. I mean, if you like kids. Well, if they're already there, they should probably not die. Yeah, it's you know, we got to keep the ones that are already there. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm cucked by fucking being a liberal, Colin. I'm sorry. I hate being in a bar and a kid comes and fucking tugs on my sleeve. It's like, please, please, please. My mom, she needs money for drugs and food. Oh, I'm so hungry, hungry, hungry. I'm like trying to drink beer and I'm trying to watch the game. Yeah, what kind of beer, Colin? A Molson or a Miller if they have it on draft. Miller draft is pretty good. Anyway. Yeah, Miller draft. Miller draft. Molson. So uh, what he did for this this baby formula is he... Combine milk with uh, grain and sugar. That's it. Yeah, that sounds like a decent approximation of what comes out of a boob, right? What what comes out of the tits? <laughs> I just like to imagine his like testing. Oh, he was just slogging like, back breast. He has. Milk. He's, just, he's just at a desk. He's at, he's at his desk, right? Breast milk. He's at his desk. He's at he's at his desk, and he's got his he's got his journal out. His 
experiment journal in fucking scare quotes. And on one side, he's got he's got like a series of ingredients and small pewter bowls. The other side, he's got a heaving bosomed German woman, just this buxom woman, and he's just like he's like dipping his fucking finger in the sugar and go. And then he's going over to the fucking the German. He's just like, <laughs> and she's going, oh, 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 and Henri, and Henri, and Nestle, oh, oh, oh. He's like fucking scribbling notes. He's like, not thick enough. It's not thick enough. I gotta get it thicker. I need to boil it. It's not sweet. I need to be sweet. So uh, he actually had an acquaintance who was a human nutrition scientist, and uh, by. 19th century standards i'm not really sure what that means i think it's just that he understood that vegetables were good but maybe i think he just went to school six months longer than a horse nutritionist specialist yeah probably or six months less horses are expensive yeah horses 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 cost more than a human I'm pretty sure you could be hung for horse thievery but like murdering a person you just got put in the stocks well especially if it was a horse thief this horse thief, you're mayor now. So this this friend, he suggested removing the acid and the starch from the wheat flour to make the concoction easier to digest for babies, which is another net positive. Things don't sound so bad right now, but we're off to a decent start. They ended up updating that formula and putting malt and uh, milk sugar in it to help with the nutrients and whatnot. But now it's full of preservatives uh, and palm oil, which lots of studies suggest can cause constipation in babies. So this original formula was sold for the equivalent in today's money of 50 cents a can. Now, the formula costs about $2 a bottle. And it, it does bear like just mentioning that like these are like little like eight ounce cans. It's it's not like you get a can and you're like, well, that's my baby's food for the day. It's like they sell them in like cases of 30 and that's how many you need for like a week. So if it's two dollars a can and you need to buy them 30 at a time, you're spending 60 bucks a week, which that's like filling up a tank of gas if you have like a shitty car. Yep. And titties are free and titties are basically free. They're free and they're better. They're really only free if you hold them down first, but or convince them through a series of emotional manipulations. That's what I've yeah. learned, at least. Yeah, zip ties. Zip ties. I gotta need my tools! Zip ties, wet rawhide, uh, like lots and 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 lots of duct tape. Yeah, zip ties are great, though, because they're really, really good for... The more you struggle, the tighter they get. Yeah, and anything that needs to be restrained because it won't stop screaming and... and been bleeding all over your new carpet. Anyway, in order to, to make this formula, they used uh, a process called milk condensation. And that was noticed by a man named Daniel Peter. And he was able to finally make a formula for milk chocolate in 1875. By 1879, the combined companies formed the Nestle Company. Nonri Nestle retired. So we're going to skip ahead here a little while. To 1933, they were buying up companies left and right. 
you know, start in their conglomerate. I don't think anything of historical importance happened in the 30s. I just think we should skip past it. I don't think anything important ever happened then. Well, we're talking in 1933 here. uh, Nestle helped bankroll the creation of the Nazi party in Switzerland. The who? What? The Nazi party. I'm not familiar. Is that like a, is that like a sock hop? Yeah, yeah, it was real fun. It's like a bingo. They were, like a bingo they were out night. playing. They were out playing jacks behind the soda fountain. It was a real good time. Fucking playing shuffleboard. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna skip ahead a little bit further here. After their bankrolling of the Nazi Party, start of World War II, 1939. Their profits dropped from 20 million dollars a year to six million dollars a year, which during a wartime. I mean, that can't happen. The company's got to come out on top during a wartime. Am I right? That's when they make all of their money. Oh, yeah. No, war is a war is a merchant's dream, man. So this conglomerate never afraid to exploit a war economy. They set up factories in South America to make their new product. Nescafe Instant Coffee. Are these vultures? Is this, is this fresh fruit coffee? Uh, no, it's actually made by slaves in South America. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me it was Folgers Crystals. No, it's a Nescafe Instant Coffee, you fucking moron. <laughs> made by slaves. Made by slaves. Also, South America, completely unrelated to the Nazi party, completely unrelated to historical change or the accumulation of capital. D- nothing bad. No, nobody's German relatives just happen to live in Argentina. It's not like if you oh, look yeah. at a bunch of prominent right-wing politicians without, within South America, and you're like, wow, that guy looks really white, and all the other politicians don't look really white, and also he has a German first name. That seems just very coincidental to all this. Yes, I'm sure that Adolf Gonzalez, nothing weird ever happened in his family lineage. No, let's, let's move on. Let's ignore this. We won't talk about it. So the Nest, the Nescafe Instant Coffee profited heavily off of the Americans because Americans love coffee, right? But that wasn't enough for them. At the same time, Nestle won a contract to supply chocolate to Nazi Germany during the war, and their Swiss milk chocolate was a hot commodity among German soldiers. I mean, how could it not be? You're fighting a fucking war as a 16-year-old German boy. And somebody hands oh. you a little bar of Nestle chocolate. Oof, oof, Latita. I, I cannot eat the chocolate. It will make my little horse too tight to wear around my fat rump. But, oof, I shall, I shall share it. Oh, little. Oh, and did they share it? They shared it. They did. And it was especially a hot commodity amongst SS soldiers. Because they used it to lure Jewish children to their deaths. Yes, the Nazis really were that cartoonishly evil. Little boy, little boy, come here. Well, I have. Well, but, but, I have, yes, sir. I have a little piece of chocolate. Oh, a little piece. No, I cannot come over oh, there, sir. No, My do, mother do said not, that I should not talk to anyone in such a finely cut Hugo Boss suit. Do not look at all the many very beautiful silver skulls designed by Hugo Boss, companies still existing in the year 2020. I assume. I assume this is 1940s. <laughs> Come here, come here. Oh, and so fashionable. Put this little chocolate in your little boy mouth chocolate. so it shall fatten your little boy rump 
fatten your little boy rump, and we'll take you and put you on a little train ride. We'll take a little train ride. Come here, little boy. Oh, I love trains. Trains and chocolate. No, it's, yeah. it's chocolate. In the shower. In the shower. Good God. <laughs> so. That, that bit got weird. I like it. After the war, 1947, they purchased a company called Maggie. Make seasonings and instant soups. Sounds incredibly wholesome to me. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Nothing unethical about soup. Uh, yeah, they found out. Well, actually, they knew about it. Uh, but in 2000, Nestle paid $14.6 million to the Holocaust survivor funds after a 1998 ruling in Switzerland to have any Swiss entity release all claims relating to Holocaust slave labor. Because they found during World War II that this company used forced labor from Nazi concentration camps. Well, thank God that would never happen again. It's horrific. What a, his- what a horrific historical crime way in the past. I'm glad that we've evolved beyond that in this modern capitalist utopia that we live in. So Nestle said, in many instances, it did not own the corporations that used forced labor at the time, and that it was, quote, Often not possible to exercise effective control over those that did. This is a very interesting legal argument. I'm sure we won't see this come up again. Yep, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read another quote here from Nestle. As the legal successor of such corporations, Nestle nevertheless understands and accepts its moral responsibility to alleviate human suffering. And I want you guys to put a pin in that and remember that for about halfway through episode two. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, those are going to be the bay leaves and the rage soup that we're brewing. Oh, just simmering and simmering and simmering and simmering and simmering. And you're loading a gun. You're loading a gun. And then you got to go check the pot because there's bones in there. You want to make sure they don't get too soft. And then you're loading the gun. You're loading the gun. You're loading the gun. You're loading the gun. So Nestle continued to grow their foodstuff conglomerate till the present day. But as a men without controversy. In the 1970s, they were criticized for aggressively marketing their baby formula in lesser developed countries, claiming that their formula was better than breast milk. Like I said, ask any doctor that is not actively being paid by Nestle. Around this time, there was a man named Ernest W. Lefeffer. Lefeffer? I don't know. He's probably a fucking frog. Anyway, you think that you would understand a lot of these names, seeing as how much you watch fucking hockey, Tyler. Yeah, you goddamn frogs. The French don't play hockey, Colin. The Canadians do. Yeah, they're not. That doesn't they count. They have an entire fucking. That t- doesn't they have an Entire team from Quebec. That's not French. That's French Canadian. They're just a bunch of fucking inbred pieces of garbage up there. I actually, I would rather hang out with a Quebecois piece of shit than ever go to France. Going to France sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. Because, like, think about this. Like, you walk into a goddamn clothing store, they're immediately blowing, like, clove cigarette smoke into your face. And they call you a pig right away. And then you go, oh, I'm so sorry. Please take my money. Also, please let me show you my soft penis so you have something else to laugh about. And then they kick you in the ass cartoonishly. And then a mime comes by and he pours a glass of water on you and then does an oh, no face. But he doesn't say anything because it's fucking mime. And you're just wet and cold in the Parisian street and you paid 500 euro for a scarf. Man, you had a real fucking weird gap year, didn't you? I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather go to Canada. 
At least Canada, they have free health care. So this guy. And they also. Yeah, well, we're, we'll we'll do the Corporation of Canada as an episode. About it's a whole episode. It's a whole episode. We don't talk about hockey once. Yep. Oh, we'll probably talk about hockey. That's not true. I actually talk yeah. a lot about hockey. Yeah, will we'll play an actual central role. Oh, and, uh, me and, we'll talk about it. Me and Colin the other night were just going through videos of Bobby Probert. Oh, God, oh. he was an animal. I love hockey. I love hockey so much. I, I wish that people would kill people on national television more often. So this man and the Ethics and Public Policy Center were criticized for accepting a $25,000 donation from Nestle while the organization was in the process of developing a report investigating medical care in developing nations. And guess what? It was never published. And I did some math. $25,000 at the time is the equivalent of $131,000 today. So it's real hard to say something about a company when they just drop 130 grand in your bank account. It does kind of demotivate the uh, the rage a little. If you pay us $130,000, we'll say whatever you want us to I say. Will, I will write a four-part series about how great your company is if you give me $131,000. We'll record all of it. I'm sorry, guys. We're cucked, okay? I'll show up at a commercial. I'll drink your product. I'll say it made me lose all the weight. In reality, it was all the cocaine I used with all the fucking money you gave me. So this report was never actually published, um, but it was alleged that this contribution affected the release. Imagine that. What? Yeah, but allegedly, allegedly, we're going to put air quotes, quotes, air quotes, air quotes. So somebody finally found this report and it was submitted to Fortune magazine. Guess what? They didn't have anything bad to say about it. Nothing what? bad. Nothing yeah. at all. Interesting. And I'm going to go off on a little side note here about this whole baby formula thing. And the reason why it was so damaging to lesser developed countries is because, number one, they would print the instructions on the baby formula because it was a powder at the time that you had mixed with water. They printed the instructions in English. What? Africa is not a, 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 a continent like notorious for having a, a widespread amount of English speakers. No, they speak a lot of French, though. Huh, that's weird. At least in places like Cote d'Ivoire, a place that we will never God, talk about I don't want to know. Oh, don't mention Cote d'Ivoire yet. I, not this early. Not, not this, this early. early. Oh, oh, did you guys, did you guys hear Tyler begin to unscrew the cap of the bottle of Pedialyte he has next to the bottle of Jameson that he has? So, number two, they would give out free samples to mothers of this baby formula. But they would give them just enough to make sure the titties dry up. And then that way they would be dependent on this formula. And I don't know if you know this, but in impoverished countries, clean water isn't exactly something that is incredibly common. Oh, wow. Bring up the water. Why don't you? So <laughs> again, something we'll never talk about again. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to fucking talk about it. So these mothers would, number one, make their babies sick with the water that they had to use. And number two, they wouldn't be able to afford the baby formula in the proper amounts, so they would have to stretch it out. They would only feed their babies a quarter of the formula that they would need for the day. There was a story of somebody going to, I forget exactly which country, and there was a mother 
who had a three-month-old baby that was two pounds lighter than it was when it was born because she had to stretch out this baby formula and her titties weren't making any more milk. Because, you know, yeah, Nestle had showed up just in time to to provide a, a wondrous new life for this child where the mom, because like in these countries, like it's not like in America, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like in the Western world. If you have a baby, you don't get maternity leave. You have a baby, you don't get to just, you know, stay home because your husband will provide. These people make less than uh, what is the international poverty wage, which is a buck ninety a day. They make less than a buck. They mess. They make less, way less than a buck ninety a day. And these mothers, typically, what they do before play, people like Nestle come in is while they're working, they have their baby like strapped to them, which makes their work a lot harder, so they can't be as productive. So they're making less money. Yeah, while their mom's working at a fucking Gap sweatshop. But now Nestle's like, oh ho ho ho. Don't worry, we'll solve your problems. We're going to come in. We're going to give you all this baby formula so you can be more productive at work. So you can earn more money so your kid has, can have a better life. The problem is they stop feeding their fucking babies all the titty milk. They can't make any more titty milk because the, the fucking titties turn off. The tap runs dry. And now the fucking baby's just literally starving to death. These babies are fucking starving to death. They're- it's I, I read a report and it's estimated that around this time in one year, One year, I will put the report in the show notes because I'm not going to do this without a source. Um, It was estimated 66,000 deaths of babies starving. 66,000. Next time, next time people like whenever you talk to like political pundits or like even like centrists in America and you bring up Africa, they talk about all the time about like the personal responsibility of like your average African, like they talk, they love talking about personal responsibility. Um, but like, they never mention that these companies come in to these foreign nations and like meddle with all their shit. And then like up and leave the second things go bad and they've made all their money. They never bring that up. In 1981, the world health organization and UNICEF came to a decision to pass a code. They have a baby formula companies Stop giving away free samples. Stopped direct promotion to mothers. Place of warning labels on products stating that breast milk is the superior option to formula. End commissions to the salespeople and restrict promoting the product to healthcare professionals as something that is better for babies than breast milk. It was passed by 118 countries. Besides one specific country there was three companies countries that didn't pass it but only one of them is a world superpower take a wild guess uh 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 angola angola that's my fi- final guess wait no 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 uh 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 uzbekistan uzbekistan is it uzbekistan fuck it no justin justin don't say it justin i know you're not going to say it. i know what you're going to say uh 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 ooh, 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 uh ukraine ukraine final answer ukraine lock it in lock it in ukraine nope ukraine ukraine passed it no it was definitely madagascar then uh no what about wait what about wait ooh, shit one more final guess no more chances france wrong fuck so the three countries the three countries two of them one of them was chad it's a big dick move, I understand. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that's a pretty Chad move, not gonna lie. Pretty Chad move. Yeah, we don't care, baby. Yeah, it's a Chad move. Um, the Chad Chad versus the Virgin Angola. 
Number two, the Marshall Islands. And number what, what one, the Marshall Islands. The Marshall Islands. Uh, the Marshall Islands. We don't have any jokes about those. And uh, the last one. Good old Reagan administration, United States, boys. Let's go. Oh, my God. We put a man on the moon. We gave all the money to the rich people. And we're going to let our babies die. Hell, yeah. The only freedom that matters is the freedom to let corporations do what they want. You're talking about corporations. Yeah, these are people. Officially. These are small family-owned businesses. These are people. These are people, Justin. These are legally people. A small family-owned corporation that makes tens of billions of dollars every year. You know, so I'm saying. So, I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch back over to my friend Justin. And uh, he has something to say about pollution. I got a little something to say that is not being said by a Sicilian man pretending to be Native American. This is going to be, hopefully, a little more impactful. Hey! The environment man is Gabagool. 500 to 1,200 bottles of water a minute come off the line in the Macosta County, Michigan bottling plant owned and operated by Nestle with a potential daily of 3.5 million bottles. And I will have to attempt to enunciate these as best as possible because we will be dealing in quite a few millions and billions when we talk about Nestle, and especially in the case of Nestle's waste. This water is pumped in from the local springs and brought in by the tanker truckload from even farther north Osceola County. 125 tons of plastic resin pellets sit in each of their material silos, ready and waiting to be pressed into bottle after bottle after bottle after bottle. How and why this water gets into the bottles made by Nestle is an outrage in and of itself, but it's one that I'll have to leave to my colleague for next episode. I am here to talk about what happens after each bottle fills its intended purpose and is inevitably cast to the side by the consumer. Greenpeace estimates that the total amount of single-use plastic waste produced by Nestle annually is in the vicinity of 1.5 million metric tons, largely in water bottles. This disproportionate amount of water bottle waste is due to a few things, the first being water bottles simply use more plastic than most other single-use products, and secondly, bottled water has historically been a major breadwinner in the U.S., accounting for $16 billion in 2016 alone. Now, I have some statistics that I debated on using because of their age. However, personally, I find that the timeline that this context begins to create is very helpful. In 2009, foodandwaterwatch.org found that consumers disposed of 30.08 billion water bottles globally, a year in which Nestle controlled 30.4% 30, uh, of the water bottle industry. Assuming that market share and volume roughly equates to market share and the number of single-serve plastic bottles sold, it's likely that 9.14 billion of these bottles came from Nestle alone. In the same year, 86% of all water bottles sold ended up in landfills. Now, these tidbits that I'm beginning to feed you should sit on top of this enraged stew that we are brewing inside of your noggin, uh, but there should be connections floating to the boiling surface. Uh, wait a moment, you may say. They use less plastic per bottle now, and they, they all claim to be recyclable. Now, uh, most of the plastics used in these water bottles are, yes, technically recyclable, being made from polyethylene terephthalate, uh, or PET. Uh, however... 
not only is an incredibly small amount of PET actually recycled, and when it is recycled, it is very frequently recycled incredibly ineffectively and with significant release of chemicals into the atmosphere. Yeah, if, you, if you've ever melted a plastic bottle, uh, you see all that like awful, like shimmering fucking smoke come off of it. That's that's what they're doing. It's because you can't fucking melt them. Like, they talk about these fucking bottles being goddamn recycled. You can't! Like, the only way to do it is to, like, have, like, a single, like, artisan, like, shred them up into, like, fucking long ropes and, like, oh, I made, like, my own nylon rope out of plastic. Well, I was going to say, that's exactly what I'm getting to on the next part, is that the very little PET that is actually recycled isn't recycled, it is upcycled. As Colin said, these PET bottles are often shredded, turned into a form of yarn that is then turned into bags, clothing, or expensive shoes in the vein of the Adidas slash Parlay Ocean Plastics, uh, a pair of Adidas shoes that will run you at minimum $180. Yeah, but the Nike Decades are like 300 bucks on resale, so. That's still an absurd amount to pay for shoes. And while these things sound nice, use up to about a dozen bottles an item and makes what I must admit is a damn fine looking shoe. This doesn't quite do much to stop the use of virgin plastics in the production of new single use items. This is not to detract from the work that Parlay does in making information accessible as well as helping push forward the reconsideration of how we can use previously used material. But they are going about it in a very fashionable, neoliberal way, which only bugs me a little bit. Like, they constantly will remind the consumers of their products, although they are a nonprofit company. They do have products to sell. Uh, they constantly remind the consumers of their products that the, uh, the plastic is from the Maldives. Even where they recycle from has to be fashionable. Now, the real kick in the shin here is that Nestle and many single-use plastic-producing companies, as brave of a face that they put up about making their products recyclable and recycling HDPE plastic and PET plastic and upcycling, they absolutely refuse to involve themselves in the actual process of recycling, choosing to burden the consumer entirely, which the consumer then passes on to their local government. This is a heavily increased pressure on municipal governments, especially in the United States, which in turn leads to higher taxes and ineffectual recycling programs that do more harm than good. I know in the city that I live in, our recycling program is essentially non-existent. Both cans get dumped into the same truck. Yep. Now, uh, when a company puts up a good face about recycling, but quietly hamstrings any attempt at holding them responsible for said recycling, this is what is known as greenwashing. And I am surrounding greenwashing with some scare quotes. There's going to be a lot of implied scare quotes here. Greenwashing is a form of, quote unquote, apology familiar to some as a South Park skit from one of many BP oil spills. These efforts being entirely ineffectual. Um, you know the one. We're sorry. We're sorry. Oh. We're sorry. I'm sorry. We're so sorry. You know, just... It helps that they're English. Lip service. It does help that they're English. It makes it sound uh, a little and, more Oh, sincere. it makes it sound less sincere. The English should sink into the sea. Something about that accent, man. It's devious. It's not the accent. It's their culture and their society. English people genetically deserve to be killed. 
I need you to not try and alienate literally every audience we could possibly have. I want to turn Pedophile Island into the uh, new Atlantic Ocean. I know you do. I do, too. But we need people to listen. We just got to leave Ireland intact. One Ireland. We act worst in the industry. We believe in Ireland unification. Yes. And Scottish independence. Well, we'll see. They got to make some changes around those those parts. Well, yeah, but they still don't deserve to be under the English. No one does. Well, they kind of like it. They don't. They're kind of horny about it. They're not. The Scottish had a chance a few hundred years ago and they blew it, okay? I really wouldn't describe what happened to the Scots as them blowing it. Uh, they fucking no, blew it. No, Robert they the, the Bruce they blew the it. Dick. And, okay, that's, but that... <laughs> The Scottish are just as bad as the English. The entirety of Pedophile Island needs to sink into the sea. Ireland gets to stay, but only if they drive out all the Protestants like snakes. Shout out to St. Patrick. When when they said he drove out the snakes, they were talking about Protestants. Anybody who grew up Protestant would agree. Half-hearted acknowledgments of past abuses of resources or wastefulness, limp-wristed solutions like smaller caps or less labeling on the bottles, these are all hallmarks of greenwashing. And corporations absolutely love greenwashing because it makes them a quick and easy PR boost in the category of people who don't actually pay attention to what they're looking at. The unfortunate part about that particularly category is that it is very expansive, as exemplified by the 48% sale increase in water bottles in the U.S. from 2010 to 2016. Now, greenwashing gets really bad when we talk about public announcements versus private investments. Nestle, among other plastic-producing megacorporations, has publicly vowed to reduce their footprint and impact. To quote Arlene Anderson-Vincent, a resource manager for Ice Mountain who was involved in a recent court proceeding in Osceola County, Michigan, from the beginning, our goal with this request has been to reduce as much as possible any impact to the local community and the environment. This is in stark contrast to the private investments of the company, as despite claiming the goalpost of 100% recyclable or reusable by 2025 and to reduce their use of virgin plastics by a third in the same period, Nestle continues to participate in at least seven trade organizations and lobbying groups which exist to perpetually block the progress of anti-waste legislation and prevent governments from taking concrete action against the largest contributors to single-use plastic waste the world over. In 2016, it was found that local governments, i.e. governments at the municipal or provincial level, spent at least $100 million to properly dispose of improperly disposed water bottles. And these are just the ones that were actually cleaned up. I want you to think back to the last time you walked around your neighborhood or walked from your car into work or into a store at your workplace, your gym, your common areas in school. Water bottles are being thrown out everywhere in the terrestrial world which we live in. That being said, this waste is nowhere near the amount of plastic matter that has made its way to our oceans. Because water bottles, like any other plastic, do eventually break down via friction or structural stress into microplastics. Or, as I have learned, they can be called nurdles. Oh, that's... Uh, it's a far more innocent-sounding name than something so insidious That's deserves. Baby Yoda's name. That's Baby Yoda's it's, No, his no, name it's is Glup Shitto. It's... It's Glup Shitto. His name is Glup Shitto. It's not a good bit, and I don't know. It's a great bit, because fuck Star Wars. It's a bad bit. 
It's, it's a, a, bad it's a great bit. Glupshitto is a be- is objectively a better name than Grugo. Grogu is funny because it's the real name and it is stupid, and they're too dumb and rich to know it's stupid. That's why no, it's they funny. know it's stupid. They know it's stupid. No, they and don't. They're feeding it to us because it's stupid. John Favreau. John Favreau hasn't breathed a breath of air that hasn't been full of his own ass fumes in decades. Not true. And you're telling me he doesn't realize that it's a bad fucking... That's not true. He is actively huffing the farts of Dave Chang. Okay, but Dave Chang's farts probably smell... Actually, they probably do smell pretty awful. Kimchi. There's a lot of kimchi in there. I do love kimchi. We love you, Dave Chang. Kimchi farts. Uh... mm. Jury's out. Anyways. Jury's out on Chang. I like Dave Chang. Yeah, he's tweets some really annoying well, shit. Yeah, I mean, you know. He's a, he's he's, a, he's, lib, a, he's a celebrity he's a liberal, Chester. but goddamn, he cooks some delicious That's what happens food. You're almost a professional golf player. Yeah. Did you guys know that Dave Chang was almost a professional golf? I golfer? did not know that. Yeah, he's and he's still good, really good at golf. That's the sign of a piece That's of a fucking shit. boring golf, sport to be professional at. It's not just boring. It's actively endangering the environment. <laughs> uh, off the uh, subject of our controversial Korean-American chefs, apparently. Uh, He's not controversial. Just just, controversial within our little group. Uh, now, despite the, uh, the incredibly innocent-sounding name of Nerdles, these microplastics are being realized as a deadly threat not just to us humans, but to the entire ecosystem. And the scope to which these microplastics have pervaded the oceans is staggering. Um, They are on the beaches, they are floating in the middle of the ocean in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is a massive garbage floating in the Pacific Ocean, uh, size approximately twice the size of Texas? Yeah, guys, I'm I'm sorry to let you know this, uh, your little plastic straws aren't the reason why the sea turtles are dying. No. No, not quite. No. They're not helping. See, I think that's but. really that's really funny because I thought the biggest massive garbage in the world was Texas. We apologize to all of our, our Texas, Texas listeners. Don't apologize to, to Texas. They know what they did. apologize to everyone. Oh, my God. You guys fucking grow a spine, okay? Start... Start maligning states and regions around the world that you don't uh, like, I wanna, okay? We need to be able to talk about uh, these I things. I want to uh, apologize to the libs. Uh, just, you know, you I, know, I, you know I who just lives really want to have the freedom Ted to Cruz. shoot our show in the foot. Here's the thing. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz lives in Texas. The fact that he hasn't been driven out with torches and pitchforks and then drawn and quartered in a weird midnight vigilante murder tells you all you need to know about texas the only people that live in texas are steers and queers and i love hanging out with queers and i love fucking steers okay god uh, ted cruz just he microwaves fish at the office <laughs> literally the fucking al al franken al franken literally st- said that al franken said that if you shot cruz on the floor of the senate and the senate made up the jury that oversaw your trial, you could not be convicted. His dad's also the Zodiac killer. No, he, he is the hundred percent the Zodiac killer. He wasn't. No, he's not old enough. You. No, that was the joke the whole time. Was that he was the Zodiac killer and that his dad killed JFK? No, his dad. His killed dad JFK. didn't kill JFK. Bernard Hussein 
Sanders. <laughs> People don't Sanders. say he's sane enough. I think it's important. <laughs> he killed JFK. He killed JFK. Honestly, uh, I think a Secret Service agent killed JFK. No, it was Br- Bernard Hussein George, Sanders. George Herbert Walker Bush covered it up by taking the weapon because he literally said he could not remember where he was on that day. Like, what do you fucking, it's like, fucking your generation's 9-11, you fucked up psycho. You know exactly where you were. You're covered up for the federal well, government. It's also just bad spycraft. Just have a lie ready. Yeah, he, how did you, you did not have a lie ready. What the fuck? He literally Anyways. could have said, I was jerking off and Must drinking beers George at eight in the morning. Yeah, he could, and I would have been like, sick, so was I. That's where I was. Now, there are plenty of intact cell phones, plastic bags, pens, baby bottles, lighters, and of course, water bottles, among other plastic waste dating back as far back as the 1950s in the gyres created by the ocean currents that make up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. The true threats are the much less densely packed but much more widely spread microplastics. These microplastics ends up being consumed by all layers of the ecosystem in one way or another, from plankton to oysters and other bivalves, krill, shrimp, fish, and crabs, who are then in turn consumed by human beings. These microplastics, churned out by corporations without a single care in the world, are so ever-present in nature now that some scientists have begun to classify this as a new epoch in world history, the Plasticine Era. Now, on that particularly ominous note, my little expose on Nestle's wasteful habits is over, but the work, oh, the work is just beginning. I say that because if this podcast had the intended effect, you at home should be floored by this, and you should take that energy and help turn it into direct action. Here at Worst in the Industry, we want to inform and inspire, not just enrage, and this is our call to action. The simplest things that we can do collectively are to boycott Nestle products over the wide spectrum of markets they are in, from chocolate to frozen pizza, and to stop buying disposable water bottles in general. Not only are you paying four times as much by volume as gasoline when you purchase bottled water, bottled water quality is like 99% of the time far far less quality than just municipal tap water because it is so far less regulated. Get yourself a good reusable water bottle. I, I know that Tyler swears by his Nalgene. Nalgene's um, are the best water bottles. I have a, a Contigo. Please sponsor the show. Please, Please sponsor, sponsor me. Nalgene, we will take No, no, no. Don't, don't give we'll money it. to any of these other cucks, okay? Give money to me. <laughs> Oh fuck you, Tyler! You're trying to. You're already trying to monopolize your fucking stake in the country. You're trying. To, fuck you, you son of a bitch. So to recap, uh, Nestle not only profited off of concentration camps, uh, they helped bankroll the Nazi Party. They had their chocolate being used by SS soldiers to lure Jewish children to cattle cars. That is just mustache twiddlingly evil. I, I know it's 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 Monopoly Man evil. It is it is strap a young uh, rancher's daughter to a train track while a train comes around the bend. Evil. That is that is three sticks of dynamite and an alarm clock evil. Yeah, uh, they're kind of fun though. I that, I kind of want to do that. Yeah, they they helped lots of children die. Because of their horrible baby formula marketing, 
Yeah, uh, they lobbied the shit out of the Reagan administration to help them continue on the same path. Justin, your recap. In the 90s, they figured out how to make themselves even more destructive uh, by creating bottled water and then pumping the absolute living shit out of it, creating. Oh, don't talk about that one. Too oh, no, much. I'm just I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm that. leaving that there. And uh, they, they then we're going to talk about that next episode. Several million tons of plastic waste every single year, uh, despite their claims to the contrary. Stop buying bottled water. Fucking stop. stop. I see you're drinking it right now. Just fucking stop. stop it. Take it out of your mouth. Take it away. Take it out of your fucking mouth. So next episode, we are going to continue on our path of Nestle. We're going to hear from uh, our buddy Colin a little more thoroughly. And Tyler again on uh, some some more slightly sobering. I say slightly, some more incredibly oh, sobering God. concepts that will attempt to wedge a joke in there sometimes, maybe. Uh, I would like to say, uh, for for you know, for the sake of the show, um, and really for uh, historical context, the show made me buy a mouth guard. Over the course of us like doing research and our, our first attempt at recording the series, um, I began getting constant tension headaches because I would wake up in the morning having clenched my jaw all night out of furious, just intense, unconscious anger. So I have to get a mouth guard now. So don't let us torture ourselves in vain. Take this information and do something with it. I am going to use this as a tax write-off. We are absolutely using all of this as tax write-offs. I am going to use the mouth. I am going to write off. The Can mouth. I also write off your mouth guard? Uh, if you want to, if you want to borrow it on every other night, you can write off my mouth guard. But it's going to be pretty slimy when I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I'll wash it off. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, please join us for our next episode. God help us all. God help us Bye. all. Bye. Bye.